This is BYU Sports Nation, presented by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now live from Studio C, it's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live once again, your day-to-day play-by-play back in Studio C, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. I am Spencer Linton, proudly teamed up alongside my fellow co-captain, of BYU Sports Nation. His name is Jerem Jordan. So uh, the the crew voted, um, you know, and you couldn't vote for yourself. And luckily, we were voted the captains of the show uh, for the tenth straight football season, Whew. which is awesome. It was a close very, vote. Very. We are privileged to take on the, uh, the Matrix of Leadership, which Optimus Prime also took on in the 1985 film Transformers: The Movie. Uh, we hope to avoid a similar fate uh, as Optimus Prime in that movie. If you know, you know. <laughs> I was waiting for how long it would take to bring up a Transformers reference. And it only took about, I don't know, 30 seconds. I love Transformers. Uh, yeah. That's one of those, like, I don't have a tattoo, but if I got one, I might get the Autobot. That's one of those things. Really? Oh, yeah. The Autobot. Not the Decepticons. No way. The question is Ice where. Cream! The question is where would you that's another, get yeah, that's another the question. Autobot tattoo? Another question. Bicep? Yep, had a, uh, had a Reese tattoo in the fam. You know, that was right here. And, uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I like that. I think that's actually a pretty cool tattoo. It would be cool. I was thinking Sailor Coog also, you know. All right. Kids' names, you know, those are up there. <laughs> All right, uh, no more uh, tattoo talk for now. We will take a deep dive, however. That's coming up later. In the depth chart for BYU football, are there any major surprises for the Cougars now that the depth chart has been released? We will discuss more cuts impacting Cougars in the National Football League. Which undrafted rookie is still on a roster, if any at all? Plus, Olivia Way to BYU Women's Soccer to recap a 2-2 draw with Colorado in a very, very hotly, and I mean that literally, contested game against the Buffaloes. And the only way BYU football can elevate their program, according to assistant head coach Ed Lamb. But first, today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Cougars have two more days of full football practice before walkthrough Thursday. Then they leave that day for Tampa. The depth chart's out as well. Boom, baby! We'll break that down coming up in what's mm-hmm. trending. Notably yesterday on Coordinator's Corner Offensive Coordinator Aaron Roderick said, tight end one is back. Super excited about Isaac Rex. You know, we're, we're not trying to keep it a secret. He's going to play in the first game, which was a real... A uh, pleasant surprise to me. You know, I, w- I was hoping to get him back this season, but thought it might be a month into the year, maybe even halfway through the year, due to how serious that injury was. And uh, he looks great, and he's going he's to play in the first game. And um, I'm super proud of him and excited to have him back. Broke his ankle against USC in late November last year. Great to have Isaac Rex back. Join us on BYU TV and BYU Ready for two hours of pregame coverage starting at 2 Eastern time on Saturday. Eight new captains have been announced for BYU football. On offense, Jaron Hall, Puka Nakua, Blake Freeland, and Clark Barrington, a couple of offensive linemen in that mix. And on the defensive side, Peyton Wilgar, the linebacker, will be joined by Caleb Hayes, Keenan Peely, another linebacker, and Lorenzo Fawatea. Those are the eight. Cougars in the NFL. Cuts are going down. Kai Nakua let go by the Jets. James MP going to be waived by the Cowboys as well, as reported by Matt Michael Gelkin. That's what we know for now. Samson Kua, Matt Bushman uh, are among others in question. Teams get down. Uh, Matt expected to be cut after the broken clavicle. Teams get down to 53-man rosters by 4 Eastern today. Or did Matt make such an impact he'd be on the pup list? Not exactly sure, but uh, don't be surprised if he's cut and then 
hopefully picked up and kept. Uh, I know the Chiefs like him a lot. Hopefully he ends up on a practice squad as soon as At he's least. healthy, right? Yeah. BYU women's soccer, number nine team in the country in a 2-2 draw with number 25 Colorado yesterday. The Cougars got goals from Olivia Wade and the third of the season from Jamie Shepard, which sounded like this. Shepard flashing, top of the box. Shepard turning, has some space. Rips off a left-footed shot, and in! What a shot by Jamie Shepard! Her third of the season, and BYU takes the lead right back. Jamie Shepard is the West Coast Conference Offensive Player of the Week. Again, she scored both goals in the win against Ohio State last Friday. And, of course, the goal you just saw against Colorado yesterday. Fantastic. Eric Mika had seven points, nine rebounds in 20 minutes for the United States of America against Columbia in a 95-77 World Cup qualifying win in Vegas. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. It's a depth chart, deep dive. Jerem. Put on your scuba gear. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. Frankly, not that many surprises. Yes. Because BYU is a loaded, experienced team. But there are a few little nuanced things that we absolutely should discuss, which leads me to my first question for you, Jerem. What's your number one takeaway from the depth chart that BYU football released yesterday? I can't believe Jacob Conover is the starter quarter tonight. What? Um, okay, no fullbacks listed. Okay. I thought the fullback was a big deal this year with, uh, you know, Houston, Haymooley, and company. Uh, but, yeah, he's definitely in the mix there. Um, not, not a lot of surprises on the offensive line, although right guard says Joe Tukuafu or Campbell Barrington. I believe Harris Lachance will be the starting right guard. And then uh, right tackle says Harris Lachance or Kingsley Suamatia or Braden Kime. I believe Kingsley Suamatia will be the starting right guard. Uh, when BYU rolls out there. Defensively, I really miss the Frodo position that was there two <laughs> years ago. I don't know why that went away. Maybe once he delivers the ring to Mordor, they're done with him. I have no idea, although that happened in, like, the 50s. Um, lot, just so much experience. That's what really sticks out here, Spence, that we are familiar with how these players play on the field with every single starter not named Kingsley Suamatia. Although we believe he's going to just be a road grader right out of the gate. We're, we're not like, I don't know, we got to see him play. Like, Kingsley Suamatia, uh, like, there might be police reports uh, by how violent his offensive line play might be. You know what I mean? Like, he is so fun to watch on the field. Okay, then in the secondary, just so much experience. You love Caleb Hayes and Gabe Judy Lally at one end, D'Angelo Mandel, Jacob Robinson, who had three picks at safety, now a corner, certainly corner a little different. Excited to see what Jacob Robinson's like at corner. Free safety. We know about Malik Moore. We know about Hayden Livingston, who had a pick in that game against Arizona. Uh, strong safety. Ammon Hanneman played a bunch yeah, last year. Yeah, that's a surprise for me. Right. Didn't People may have not noticed him a ton. He's, he's a Hanneman, okay? Micah, Jacob, and now Ammon, BYU football slash baseball players, they are super athletic. Obviously, the linebackers, you, re, you really like uh, what's there. Four listed, right, uh, because BYU plays the 3-4. Ben Bywater, Max Tooley, Keenan Peely, Peyton Wilgar. Uh, BYU actually plays a 4-3, correction there. So it depends what uh, scheme they're in. But you love those guys. Max Tooley, probably the most underrated piece on the defense from fall camp, by the way. Okay. We have not talked about Max Tooley enough. We should have. Braden Cosper is that guy probably on offense. where he, he, He's going to have like four for 38 against UCF, and you're like, I don't even know who that is. Now you do. You know before the game, okay? That's what pops. I do have um, a question, which I'll get to in a second, that I want to address, 
with the depth chart and depth, but it's nice to just know who's there and expect a certain thing that is pretty high level from most of these guys. I can't recall a time I ever was wondering, well, what's the offensive line going to look like <laughs> when the depth chart comes out? But that's right. what it was. Like The yeah. first thing I wanted to see was, well, who are the starters on the offensive line? Because that's been a major talking point leading up to this moment. They've got eight guys we think could all start. Who are the five that are going to get the nod? And even still, Jerem, we're not really buying into what's on the depth chart. <laughs> yeah, I, I believe at right guard and right tackle, it will be a little different than what's listed. That, yeah, that, that is my number okay. one takeaway is, okay. well, we thought we would get this, but no, we're still not for sure of the five that are actually going to start against South Florida on Saturday. Why, like, who do the coaches owe truth regarding the depth chart? <laughs> Why are they like, oh, well, we have to be honest in all our dealings with our fellow men. So we, that's not deceptive. That's just gamesmanship. Very, and I don't know the motivations or care. I'm just telling you what I think it'll be on that first snap. I kind of feel like a movie trailer just came out and, like, there are some big stars. But I'm like, no, no, no. Who are the supporting actors? <laughs> who, who are the best? I want to know who are the who supporting the actors in this, in this movie. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Now, who's, who's available right now? There's a lot of great supporting actors in this movie. On the other side of the ball... We've talked a lot about the biggest question mark. Yesterday, Trevor Maddich said, it's, it hasn't changed for me. It's still, how is BYU going to be more disruptive on the defensive front with the four down linemen? And we feel like that group is probably led by Tyler Batty and yeah. Gabe Summers, right? Yes. Um, and, and our hope is that Lorenzo Fautea, finally healthy, extra year. That dude has dealt with 17th so many season injuries. at BYU, it feels like. And he's going to church on Sunday. <laughs> For Lopa. Yeah, yeah that's right. <laughs> Lopa is at church every Sunday. <laughs> that was so great. Yes, I'm not sure I expect disruption from the defensive line, Spence. What I want is just super solid play stuffing the run so that the backers can come up and make a play. That's what the system is. Certainly we want sacks and TFLs or forced fumbles and picks? Question mark from the D-line? I don't really expect that. I don't need disruption. What I need is really stout run defense. Assignment, sound, run defense. And That's then on, where it starts and ends. Yes. And then on third and long where it's totally a pass play that, yeah, Tyler Batty can get after the quarterback, make a couple of game-changing sacks, that would be great. Listen, when it's not third down, a lot of times the ball comes out quick. So it's tough to get a sack. We've talked with Elias Tuiaki about this. So D-line, it's nice to have that experience. By the way, a couple names to watch this season of guys that haven't played a ton that, but may play way more this year. John Nelson's a freak athletically. Uh, also, Blake Mangelson. Yeah, okay? Blake Mangelson. Blake Mangelson is interesting. Now, Fisher Jackson as well. He's got that big elbow, uh, like, brace. Nobody looks cooler than the guy with either the neck roll or the elbow brace. You don't mess with those guys, okay? <laughs> don't mess with Fisher Jackson. I want Houston Haymooley and Mason Wake both to wear... The neck pad. Okay, you know who wears, like, the neck roll? Carter Wheat. But that's because he was getting some stingers in 2020, and he, they suggested, hey, to avoid those in the future, you wear that. He's number 96, a tight end. Watch Carter Wheat. Wheat! Uh, this season, which would be fun. Okay, here's my question, Spence. Last year, the issue was, w defensively, was when BYU, especially at linebacker, got mm, hurt. Yes, there was a real drop-off from who's 1 next? to 2. Who's up? Who's let's, next? Let's talk about the backups and talk about how we feel in terms of experience and ability, okay? Um, ben Bywater, his backup's Jackson Kafusi. He's a junior now. He's been around. Yes. He's, I'm excited to see when he's in, which, by the way, these backups play. Remember, B 
BYU would rather have the backups at 100% than the starters at like 70% in there. So you have these sort of hockey line changes that happen sometime that are pretty unique to BYU. So Jackson Fusi, okay, excited to watch him play a little more. Yeah, not worried about that drop-off. Yes. I, I think Jackson's there. Uh, yes. Um, Tavita Gagne, just haven't seen him play. We just need to see him play. Apparently, he's had a great fall camp. He's gone from, like, we don't even know his name to backup. So that's a big deal. Uh, Keenan Peely, his backup's Pepe Tanuvasa. Pepe had been on the defensive line. Pepe Previously made some plays linebacker. in some big games. Navy, notably 2020, all over the place. Pepe Tanuvasa. Bodie Schoonover had a really nice fall camp, we're told. Freshman, American Fork, part of that. There's an influx of cavemen coming in, by the way, which is exciting. You have Chase Roberts, you have Bodie, you have Devin Downing, who I think is kind of gray-shirting this year. Mm-hmm. He's a big-time receiver like Chase, back from a mission. Uh, and then behind Peyton Wilgar, Jackson Kafusi listed. Tate Romney's there as well, a freshman off a of mission. Typically, you just don't want to have to use the freshman off mission, uh, mission like Bodie and Tate in this case. Hopefully, they'll get a great year of experience where they don't have to make a lot of plays mm-hmm. right now because you do have a ton of experience there. Next year, BYU, we think, could lose Keenan Peely and Peyton Wilgar and Max Tooley. So there will be a dearth in that place for these guys to step into. But I, I hope that those guys, and I think they are, ready should they be needed where BYU is not as banged up like they were against UAB and you don't, you're not on skates in the run game. UAB ran for like 223 in that game. That can't happen. Where is BYU the thinnest on the depth chart is the other question that I have. Mm-hmm. Because I had a hard time trying to focus in on that specific group. And the starting linebackers are great, but we just I thought, well, maybe it's linebacker because of what had happened last year. But I don't feel like BYU now is – they're clearly not as thin as they were at linebacker going into the UAB game. There's more experience there. Maybe it's on the defensive line? Maybe? I, I don't know. I, I, I think the depth's pretty good there. I think you have, like, six guys that have started yeah. a bunch. I, I don't know that BYU's thin anywhere, but I do – the linebackers sort of have – the backups have this sort of, like, we've got to show you that we're pretty good thing. We, we believe they'll be good, but there's no spot where I go, Eesh, that's like they're going to get destroyed. No, 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 that doesn't exist. The BYU's very experienced and strong all over the board. And why wouldn't they? Ten wins last year, you returned the most experience in the country. Why wouldn't we feel very confident about this roster? Our question of the day, what is your biggest takeaway from the BYU football depth chart? A lot of things discussed here, a lot of personnel we've talked about. What about you? What is your takeaway? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in. Oh, I don't have a. Oh, BYU is a Power Five team on Twitter. That that's <laughs> that's, that's the name. That's the, that's the username. BYU is a Power Five team. I think that that's a username. It's not. <laughs> yes, it has to. It's not a handle. That's <laughs> so, a username. Yes. yes. <laughs> BYU has eight awesome starting offensive linemen. Yeah. And actual depth on defense. This is going to be the difference maker for the season. I hope so, because when you play Notre Dame in game six, right, and then Arkansas game seven, I believe, you got to show up. And don't forget, like, we're, we're just assuming BYU is going to go beat Stanford in game 12. Mm-hmm. That's no mm-hmm. guarantee. That's no guarantee. Which BYU plays South Florida in how many days again? Oh, curveball? <laughs> no, we're not going there And yet. we don't have it. We're not going there. Oh, oh, yeah. To the Bulls. Four days away. 
Hey, let's hope the BYU offense is a little more ready than we were right there. Or, well, you know? that's, our, that's a false start on us. Is that us. me just, just snapping false, the ball before everyone's set? On, on you. Is that yeah. me snapping yeah. the ball before everyone's yes. set? Is that my bad? Yep. That's my bad. <laughs> uh, hey, extreme ownership. I own it. Okay. First and 15. Let's just throw it to Puka. Coming up, Ed Lamb says 10 wins isn't anything to celebrate. What? And one of our good friends, Dave McCann, joins us. Does he like this group of eight captains for BYU football? This is BYU Sports Nation. Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. After further review, gets you ready for a game week as the guys look at Jaron Hall, Puka Nakua, Gunnar Romney, Peyton Wilgar, Chris Brooks, Dallin Holker, and more as they preview the matchup with the Bulls tonight, 7 Eastern on the BYU TV app. We're live at Studio C. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton. To my left sits Jaron Jordan, and to his left sits our first guest of the day, one of the stars of After Further Review, longtime play-by-play. I thought he was the star. Is that okay? Fine. He's that's the what star. I was told. He's the captain of After. Yeah. Further wait a minute. Review. Dave McCann is with us on BYU Sports. Thank League. you. I do what I can to bring those guys along. Yeah. You yeah. mostly I, st- I start the show and make sure it ends on time, and then those two guys <laughs> talk the whole hour. Are, are you the captain of the show? We were talking about the captains of a name for BYU football. You're the captain of AFR. I don't know. I'm the writer, co-creator. So, yes, then yes I'd, say I think I I'd say you're the captain of the show. That, <laughs> I, that's yeah. I pretty totally much true. have an idea of what's next for the get to get the guys there. And I'm the facilitator. <laughs> there you go. You're the Matt Montague. Are you a yeah. game manager, Dave? Game manager. Are you a game manager or are you going to go win the game? <laughs> we're undefeated, that show, so we're pretty excited. Right. Yeah. You try and take care of the ball. All yeah. right. <laughs> uh, we were just talking about the BYU depth chart that was released yesterday. Uh, we brought up all of our questions. We brought up uh, what we think are the strengths. What and we there don't are believe. Very many. Some things that yeah. we actually yeah, are not buying into, <laughs> specifically on the offensive line. We think there's going to be some more shuffling there. What's your number one takeaway from the BYU football depth chart? I don't even know if that's a legit depth chart. Yeah, that's the thing. South Florida hasn't released theirs, and the right. uh, football office was like, well, we're not going to release one if they're not going to release one. And then this one popped out, and I'm looking at that going, gee, it looks a lot like the spring depth chart. Um, I don't know how much validity I'm putting in that. All I know is everybody that we thought would be available to play in the spring is on this depth chart. So no one's lost for the season type stuff, and that's unique to get through, uh, to be sitting through fall camp and not have lost somebody. Uh, now they're guys banged up and stuff. But So I looked at that depth chart, and I go, one, I'm, I'm, it might just be, hey, does anyone have a depth chart? Let's just put that in the release. And two, um, everybody's there that needs to be there. So, Which is good because we had questions walking into the beginning of fall camp. Hey, where's this guy and this guy and this guy? They're all there, which is awesome. Um, w- when it comes to the offensive line, do you really care who's at what position? Because I, I, I think we're pretty confident about who's going to roll out there. If you look at the watch list, half of the lines go into the NFL no matter where they line up at the end of the season. So we know they're all good, and we know they have experience from last year. I, 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 don't, I don't care where they're, where they're at. Connor Pay is going to be at center, and if he's not, Tukufu is going to be at center. I think it'll be Pay, but they're both good. They both back each other up. But th- this screams depth, and that's been a theme through the, through the camp, um, this is P5 depth that BYU has. If a corner gets hurt or a safety gets hurt, well, there's another one as opposed to a return missionary. Now there are a couple of young guys on there, but that secondary is full of guys that have been there and that are seniors. 
Um, and so I, I just look at they're taking a they're taking men back to South Florida as opposed to the boys they took back in 2019. It was a young group. That includes a quarterback. Yeah. yeah. No, it was a young group, and that was Jaron Hall's first start, as yeah. you mentioned. Uh, BYU and this group, perhaps this is the deepest team in BYU. Well, maybe not deepest, but most experienced in BYU history. We have COVID to not thank for a lot of things, but we do thank COVID for this group that would, wouldn't, like Gunnar Romney and Peyton Wilgar wouldn't be on this team if it were Let's COVID. acknowledge COVID. We don't thank COVID. COVID jacked us all up. Let's, yes, it did. let's acknowledge that COVID did that. But it's done it for all the sports teams, and it's done it for South Florida, too. And so they got a lot of transfers have been able to just pop in, and we don't even know what they're going to do. We don't know what kind of offense they're going to do. Their coordinators from West Virginia, the receivers coach for three years. Does that mean they're going to come out and do the run and shoot, do the spread? Um, they don't have the running quarterback they had last year who gave us fits. But they got another quarterback who's mobile enough that gave us some trouble at Baylor. So... I, I agree with what Kalani said yesterday. He said, we're really not sure what they're going to do. But at least BYU's prepared with athletes on both sides of the ball yeah. to adjust and deal with whatever they do. It's interesting because BYU did play South Florida last year, and you played that quarterback that transferred there. It's a really weird thing. And setup. they didn't play BYU's quarterback. Right. Because Hall was out. And, and they're like, well, the last time you came here, we went. It's like a weird setup for them. As we we're pointing out... There are so many unique layers to this game. I love it. Then there's the actual game and the conditions that we are anticipating in South Florida and all of the history that BYU has in Florida. And there hasn't been a ton of good history, but it's weighted because of who they've played and when they played When them. you play a crappier team, it tends to go better. But in 2019, <laughs> it didn't. But again, to your point, Dave, this is a much more experienced, right, right. grown-up team than the 2019 BYU squad. But I just want to focus on the conditions. We, high of 91 degrees. I don't know how you're going to do it. Okay. High We're going to be here. Dressed for it's going to be right 70 now. degrees in our studio here. You'll be over in the, the other swamp. High of 91 degrees. Yeah, nice. Humidity is going to be off the charts because there are thunderstorms at a 60% chance expected on and off. So it's going to be muggy. It's yeah. going to be hot. Am BYU's going to go the two time zones. There may be rain during the game. How do you feel that will impact the way this game is played? And I brought this up to Clark Barrington while that interview later this week, and I've talked to some of the coaches about this. They're trying to simulate what they can. I mean, but they're getting the footballs and dropping them in water, and I mean, they're doing all sorts of stuff mm -hmm. to try and get this. But how much do you think that will impact the way this game plays out and how it will affect the 11-and-a-half point line that BYU has right now as a favorite? You know, if it's, if it's close, then I think it will impact it. Uh, much like when BYU went back to Virginia and they had two delays because of the rain and lightning. It was hot, it was humid, it was wet. The football was, I don't know, however many pounds. And Taysom Hill threw a ball to Jamal Williams. It bounced off his shoulder pad. Virginia caught it, ran for a touchdown, won the game. That was, that was late into the night yeah. after this yeah, long, hot, soggy. And it was whoever was going to make a mistake was the difference in that game. But if we're golfing and you're under par and it's a hot, humid day, you're having the time of your life. If you're ahead in these kind of games, as a fan and a broadcaster, it would seem obvious to me that you feel better. Because in these other experiences we have, when things are tough but we're ahead, it's not as bad. If you're down and it's hot and it's humid and it's rainy, then I think it just compounds. So the key for BYU is to get ahead, because it's going to be hot and humid on South Florida, too. For sure. And um, I don't know if you just get used to it. You know, hot is hot. Cold is cold. Cold weather teams, Wyoming, they were just as cold as the other team when we went out and played them. 
it was just a lousy cold day and whoever turned the ball over the least won the game. But uh, and I don't know how acclimated you can go, well, we're used to this. Um, it's their first game too. And uh, so I think it'll affect each, but get the lead, get the lead and it's cooler. Okay, here. and then mentally, <laughs> it's cooler mentally. It's a cooling effect. Absolutely. BYU by 11 and a half, says Vegas. What do you think of that line? I think, I think, I think BYU about a two touchdown in the end. I think South Florida's going to score. I think BYU's going to score. I, I think uh, I kind of figured it'd be like 34 to 21. Um, is that a preview of what you'll guess on the FYI? That is a preview. Yeah, okay, nice. okay that's just a, a taste. So watch. Well, Blaine and, that's the actual answer, it sounds Blaine like. Blaine and, and David are going to listen to that, and then they're going to pick like a point different from yeah, my pick. Like $1 on now the price. Now, yeah. uh, now that it's been, <laughs> been revealed. But I, I think the key for Saturday is the same key that is really in every game, and it certainly showed up in the Utah game. Take care of the football, control the line of scrimmage, and minimize penalties. Uh, last year they had three turnovers through the first five games. One Tyler Algier got back. The other was a kind of a Hail Mary in the end zone at the end of the half against Arizona State and a fumble against Florida. While the defense went out and forced 10. So win the turnover battle, line of scrimmage. that We've talked about this like the greatest offensive line ever assembled by man. There's more pressure on them than the defensive line. I can tell you that much because the expectation is there. Control the line of scrimmage and then um, don't get those five-yard offsides or motion penalties or a late hit. Um, and you would think with the experience that BYU has, they can avoid those penalties. They, had, they did that last year for the most part. That's the key to winning 10 games. And I know Ed might said that was a, <laughs> it's not a big deal. It sure is a big deal, and he knows it. But, but he'd rather win 11, so that would be the focus, yes. or 12. But um, I think that's the key in an opener. And we saw it last weekend. Teams that didn't take care of the ball. It can get weird. Onside kicks at yeah. weird times. Just yeah. lose, lose the games. Um, Nebraska. And then it'll be the same key when they come back to play Baylor. Take care of the ball, control the line of scrimmage, and minimize penalties. Whichever team does that's going to win the game. Dave McCann is with us on BYU Sports Nation, the captain of After Further Review. Uh, now that you've revealed all the secrets of what's going to happen on AFR tonight, uh, what else are you going to try and throw in there, Captain? Let me tell you. Uh, so we got the A-listers tonight. We'll focus on Jaron and, and Puka and Gunner and, and Wilgar and Holker and Chris Brooks. You know, the, It's just been a build-up to, to where we've got six guys to look at. And then, and then the guys will break down South Florida. I'm excited about Saturday with BYU Sports Nation Game Day, mm -hmm. our new name. We got Jim McMahon. We'll sit down with Kalani. We'll sit down with Jaron Hall. You sat down with Peyton Wilgar Peyton and, Wilgar Tyler, and Batty. Tyler Batty. Yep. New, You'll uh, be live over there in hopefully Florida. Hopefully I can find some gators in a lake somewhere. New I deep blue. I know where some are. Yes. I know where some are. <laughs> yeah. A new deep blue, and it's going to be It's two hours. It's like a Super Bowl every Saturday on BYU TV with our pre- and post-game shows. Uh, and now we're called Game Day, which is good because there's this other show that, that, that's called Game Day that will just borrow all their millions of people. <laughs> <laughs> now we have two game days. Two game days are better than one game day. I think, we all, on the I think we all would go with that. <laughs> Search Game Day. But it, uh, it's what we've been counting down. It used to be counting down to kickoff. It's what we've been counting down is this Saturday when we go on and we toss live view at a stadium. And the long nine months will be over. And it might still be raining as it did at UAB. Sorry about that. But <laughs> yeah. It's just you and weather. Continuation. Yeah, Thankfully, it won't be 45 degrees and raining in Shreveport. It will be, you know, 90 degrees in yeah. But unlike South that game, Florida. our quarterback will be behind the center. Indeed. The starters will be in the game. And, uh, and optimism, again, of course, is sky high. Dave Let's McCann, go, great to have you on BYU Sports Nation. El Capitan.
of After Further Review. We look forward to the broadcast tonight. And certainly, as you said, it's game week. Couldn't be more excited. You know what? During the show tonight, at some point, Nixon and Fowler, one of them is going to say, who's the captain now as they take over <laughs> the show? That's going to happen. That We've seen happen. that movie. We know how it is. That ends. will happen. Yes. Right, see you guys. Okay, Coming up, Olivia Wade from the women's soccer team on the draw yesterday against Colorado and Alabama coming to town on Thursday. Plus, should we be looking a little closer at the wide receiver depth, Jerem, mm. after some commentary yesterday from Kalani Satake. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Bodyguards. Protection for a life worth living. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Maersk, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. Sports Nation to interact with the show, get content throughout today. Follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. He is Jerem Jordan. I'm Spencer Linton. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Around is presented by Marisk, your integrated e-commerce, sorry, your e-commerce logistics shipping partner. And Coordinator's Corner, available on the BYU TV. Gregor Bell asked Ed Lamb, the special teams coordinator, associate head coach yesterday, if the bowl loss dampened some of the excitement of a 10-win season. Ed? 10, 10 win seasons for BYU are not that rare. You know, and we're here, uh, the stewards of a proud program, and uh, really the only, you know, the only way to elevate this program is, is consistent national relevance, and I felt like the, the last year just fell short of that. Is he right? <sighs> well, what is rare and what is not rare when it comes to 10 win seasons, first of all? Because, uh, yeah, BYU's had a good deal of them Six. in their history. Six, um, 10 win seasons. Yeah. In fact, Eight, 11 wins. Eight is more, uh, 11 is more common. Okay, so, ten. sorry, at least 10 is what I'm getting at. Like, there yeah. are, what? Like there have six, been 16, 16, 17, 18. 18 seasons. That's a lot. Of at least 10 wins. Like, so, yes, Ad has a point to a degree, but, man, the only way to grow the program is if BYU takes the next step and is nationally relevant. And he said we fell short of that last year. So I'm reading the tea leaves. I'm looking at, okay, does BYU have to get to a New Year's Six game to like to truly grow to the program, to, the to grow the program? Well, is that that is the next step for BYU, but this schedule's harder. If BYU wins 10 this year, to me that's better than last year. It also, better, I think it they also have depends a better who chance. you lose to. Yeah. Like, but I'm going to argue quickly what I argued last year is, listen, would you have rather lost to Arizona State and beat Boise State? The Arizona State did win did more for BYU than a Boise State win would have done. You're going to lose a couple of games. So which ones do you want to lose? Well, the Pac-12 narrative. You want some narrative, big wins. Yeah, the Pac-12 narrative going 5-0 against the Pac-12, that was, that was a big deal. That was nice. You're going to lose a few games. You aren't Alabama or Georgia or Ohio State here. So, pit, so, so which ones are you okay with? Because you want some big wins, but you don't want some big losses. Sure. Yeah, the bowl loss hurt. 11 wins would have been incredible. Sure. But... So are you like, I would have rather beaten UAB in the bowl game and lost to who? Or how about, just, State? How, how about just beating UAB and not lost to anybody else? <laughs> but, right, that would have been nice. And that was totally, would, I, I think that's what he's getting would, at. Would we that could have, have been, out 11 easily. Yes, yeah. Come on. Would, would that have made BYU more nationally relevant if they had finished with 11 wins yes. beating UAB? Yes. But Ed, 10 wins is awesome, man. Come on. Kalani Satake was asked in his media availability if he expects specifically Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua, the two star receivers for BYU, to play on Saturday. This was his response. Yeah, right now everybody's, um, we don't, we really don't talk about it until we're still, um, 
on uh, Wednesday we'll probably have a better idea for everyone but yeah we're planning on guys playing nobody's lost for the season right now we'll, we'll, we still have some work to do this the next, the next couple days but we feel good about, about those guys okay Jerem what do you read into based on Kalani's response to that question about Gunner and Puka? Certainly uh, Kalani's body language there uh, shows that there's something going on uh, with those guys, it would seem like. So remember last year, Samson Nakua and Puka Nakua were pretty banged up with hamstring injuries going into the Arizona game. Puka didn't play. Samson only came in on the onside last year. So hopefully BYU is as healthy as possible. It's uh, impossible, almost impossible to think that you'd go through fall camp unscathed. I'm not talking about season ending. I'm talking about like any injury that happens. So hopefully those guys can be available as soon as humanly possible if they aren't available against USF. So here's what I did when I heard that response. I immediately went to, okay, worst case scenario. Let's say Puka and or Gunner are not available on Saturday. That would be bad. What next? What's, what's next? I'm then, still okay with that group. Then it becomes Keanu Hill, Chase Roberts, Cody Epps, and Braden Cosper. And I feel a little bit better and about And don't forget, things. it's not just them. It's, it's the Isaac offensive Rex line and, and Dallin ends. Holker yes. and Christopher Brooks yes. and Lupini Katoa. Like, and Jaron Hall, Jerem. Jaron freaking Jaren Hall. Hall. Yes, yeah. BYU is going to be just fine if there's an issue. That was my, just like, preparing for the worst. My, like, okay, prepare for the worst. What if they are not available? Yeah. What happens then? And you know what? I feel okay about it. Hopefully those guys. Hopefully they can play. If they aren't available, then they get if back. If they can't. Against Baylor. You need them against Baylor. Do you need them against South Florida? We hope the answer is no. All right. Should that be the case. Baylor versus Albany, a game that no one's excited about, <laughs> is an ESPN Plus game. Will you be watching this? Hey, now, Chip and Joanna Gaines take deep offense to that. It they're has very, nothing to do very, with Baylor and everything to do with the Baylor Albany, Albany. fill-in-the-blanks. <laughs> well, I don't know their mascot. Are they the Retrievers? No. I have nope. no idea what nope. they are. What is Albany's mascot? Dang it. Now we're off topic. Um, well, I'm going to be watching. The Great Danes. The Great Danes. I said Retrievers. Ah. Okay. And it was a dog. Hey, will you be watching this? No, because you just answered the only question I had, which is what's Albany's mascot. Now I know. I have no reason to watch the game. I will watch the Baylor-Albany game next week in preparation of Baylor coming to Provo. Yes. On Sunday, I will be watching this game. Yeah, not watching it live. Not watching it yes, live, but I absolutely. will watch the game. BYU basketball. <laughs> Put out some first day of school photos for the incoming freshmen. These are fantastic. That's great. Which BYU basketball player embodies the 13th grade look best, Jerem? Probably Richie Saunders, the way he's holding it. Or Braden Moore. Braden Moore just, he looks young, right? <laughs> so welcome. Yeah, because you got Dallin Hall and Tanner Tilson over there. Like, they're RMs. So yeah, and Richie too. They're like 21. Braden's straight out of high school. Yeah. You know, he's like... Probably still 18, maybe uh -huh, 19. Uh -huh. you know, he's believable, especially with his outfit. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Stay young, young, man. Stay young. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. Okay, meet Mac Minahan, a oh, linebacker boy. from the Colorado School of Mines. This is his actual roster and profile photo. Okay. His biopic. Whoa. His face is half shaven, half bearded. What are your thoughts on this? That's half honor code approved, by the way. I don't even know if any of it's on a code approved, Jerem. He's still got stubble on one side. Oh, no! He can't take a test in the testing center! This is weird, man. It's just weird. Like, it, yeah. I, what? I, what? It's like modern-day Division II football version of Two-Face. <laughs> Shout-out to our guy, Aaron Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart! BYU. Brigham. 
By the way, <laughs> you want you yeah, it's weird. I don't know what to make of it. It's I want to call him Harvey. Hey, Harvey. Hey, Harvey Minahan. Har Harvey uh, Minahan. BYU did play the Colorado School of Mines three times between 1922 and 27. Domination B or BYU no? went one, one, and one. Okay. There was a scoreless draw in Amazing. Golden, Colorado. Super compelling matchup. Speaking of, coming up, rise and shout out to the leaders and future legends. And BYU women's soccer star Olivia Wade joins us after scoring a goal on that 2-2 draw against Colorado. Alabama's up next. Huge weekend. We'll talk to her next on BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Got just enough of a cleat on it for Wade. Olivia Wade! The ball bounces off Grusklov and in! Olivia Wade breaks the scoreless draw and the second half scoring theme continues for BYU. What a way to open the scoring for the season for Olivia Wade, her first on the 2022 campaign. And wouldn't you know it, she's made her way to Studio C to join us as our second guest of when the day. When you score a goal, you have a good <laughs> chance of being on the show, okay? Olivia, welcome back to the show. Thank you, guys. S Sister Thank Wade, you. what's up? We, I'm just doing good. We call so you much. that because uh, we hung out on a Zoom uh, for your yep, mission, yep, uh, yep. during your mission, because right. Jeremy Guthrie was your mission president, former sure Cougar pitcher. sure was, yep, it was. Now, That's so funny. Well, now you're back doing your thing. Mm -hmm. uh, fully, it's been like two years, right? Fully integrated. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's been a minute. Sister Wade still goes, though. Yeah. So can, Sister can Nodding, does. Sister Wade. Can you now say <laughs> that being a return missionary was a significant advantage for you as a Division One athlete? I can say yes. At one point, I was I was questioning that. I was like, when I first got back, I was like, oh, I don't know about this. But no, it, it has been, I feel like, so. This just in. North Carolina and Santa Clara, they're all going on missions. They're all yeah. going to send their players <laughs> on the mission. Okay, yeah, go because for 18 months. Because it's such an advantage. Oh, big what time. Like. Yeah, um, what was that goal like? Should the, goal, should the goalie have saved that one? Honestly, I feel like she probably should have. Like, I'm not going to lie. It wasn't the most beautiful shot I've ever taken in my life. But I feel like, you know, sometimes you just got to put it on frame. You put it on frame. Good things happen. That spin, so. that little bit of top spin <laughs> on that ball, like it kind of freaked her Tricked out. Tricked her out. Yeah. So. That was the skill part of that, right? It's yeah. on frame and the spin. I like that. Yep. Listen, you guys are known for just the assault on the goal. 42 shots against Ohio State. Yep. 13 on frame. I know you guys want more yeah. on frame for sure. Yeah. Walk me through sort of uh, the philosophy and strategy of, okay, how do we get more on frame to make this uh, tougher on the defense? Yeah, I think obviously a lot of it comes down to just shot selection. I think some of the times some of our shots are from some distance, which isn't always necessarily bad. But which I think, both were both outside the yeah. box yesterday, yes. which is yes. the both irony goals. of this yes. exactly. discussion. But I think, too, like if you look at the games against Ohio State and then obviously yesterday against Colorado, um, a lot of the teams, like, they kind of just, like, sit in the box. There's a lot of chaos in there. So, you know, what's open is, like, the shot from outside. And so I think just being able to be more patient, you know, obviously keep taking shots because, like, we have to keep taking shots to score. But, you know, I think just being a little more careful with our shot selection to be able to, you know, put it more on frame and then, you know, good things come from that. And then when that doesn't happen, both go in again. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, yeah. that was the funny part of that. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. let's recap the season today. Going back to the North Carolina game. By mm -hmm. the way, North Carolina is now ranked number one mm -hmm. in the nation. Okay, then. Yes. 
Okay, then. Do you agree with that? Do you agree with that? I do. Having played them, you think they're super legit? I do agree. I think they're going to be a phenomenal team. Like, obviously, we got to play them right at the beginning of, you know, the season. And just the way they play, the style they play, like the players they have, they – I think they definitely deserve to be up there. So Okay. Then you go and you beat Fullerton. Mm -hmm. Uh, You knock off Ohio State, as we pointed out, just peppering the 42 shots. Mm -hmm. It's not like you were much different than Colorado yesterday, ending up in a 2-2 draw, but – through the exhibition and three matches, how would you assess the team overall? I think we're in a really good spot. Like, I think we're in a really good spot moving forward. You know, we are getting our shots off, which is great. You know, last year being the number one scoring offense in the country, you know, that's something that obviously we want to carry into this season. And so shooting and, like, you know, getting your shot off, having that presence as an offense is super important for us. And so I think we're in a really good spot. I think just as soon as we can really get those shots to kind of fall on frame, I think it's going to be a heck of a season for us. So... Against Ohio State on the broadcast, there was just a ton of music playing the whole time. Was that in the stadium or outside the stadium? I think it was outside the stadium. They kind of have like this blow up. Like, I don't really know, like a jump house going on outside the stadium. Some activity. Yeah. It was very loud. Yes. I thought, why are they playing music? Yeah, we didn't know. (laughs) Yeah, and and I've been to campus a couple times. I was like, yeah, it's a big campus, but like something's going on right next to it. Okay, thanks for answering. Yeah, so there was a jump house going on, so not really. Wow, the bounce house? (laughs) Yeah. The bounce house is just, yeah. I thought. I thought that was Central Florida, but yeah. yes. Um, Bright House is the name of the stadium. Nice. Yeah. Well, they nicknamed yes. the, bounce, the, bounce uh, the Bounce House. Uh. So tell me about this uh, this team, because you aren't last year's team, mm-hmm. but a lot of the team is from last year's team. Yes. You're carving out your own identity. Mm-hmm. What do you feel like that identity is right now? I think, you know, it's still really early in the season to kind of tell, like, exactly, like, this is who we are as a team. But I think moving forward, like, obviously, we have a lot of new young players, and they've gotten some good minutes and done a really good, like, a lot of really good things for us. And so, obviously, we have a lot of returning players as well. And so I think it's just trying to figure out kind of, you know, like, what our identity wants to be. Obviously, we want to be a great goal-scoring team. That's something that, you know, is expected out of us, something we want to continue. And then, obviously, our defense is, like, Super important as well. We bring back basically, yeah, our entire starting back line. And so, yeah, I think just both of those things combined, just, you know, working on those both to create that as kind of like our identity. New rule change in the NCAA created a scenario where you didn't get to yeah. play any overtime yesterday. Yep. And it ends in a 2-2 draw at the end of regulation. There's yeah. no overtime mm-hmm. until you get to tournament play in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, and watching the BYU team, you included, walk out the field, after that 2-2 draw, I couldn't help but notice, like, there just was this feeling of, ugh. Yeah. Ugh. And I looked at the Colorado sideline, and they were all like, yes! <laughs> we got, it. We got, got a, a result! They got a yeah. top 10 tie we got, we got a result! Yeah. 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 How do you overcome that in a game or in a week where you play three matches? Yeah. You got to turn the page fast. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it's unfortunate that it ended in a tie because I feel like we did feel like we had more to give. You know, there were shots that I feel like we could have put in. You to, dominated possession. 100%. You dominated statistically. Yes. 2-2 draw. Yeah, and I think that's like, I think a lot of teams around the country are kind of seeing that no overtime, like you got to get, you got to take care of business, you know, in the first two halves. Like you can't just rely on an overtime, you know, the most athletic, most in shape team to like stay in there. It's like, we got to, we got to put away our goals and, you know, and then try to avoid having to, you know, end in a draw. Like yeah. Yesterday. So when, do, when are you over that mentally? Like at what point? An hour after the game? <laughs> this are you over it? This, are you over it yet? I mean, I was, I'm, I'm pretty sad. I think all of us were, like, a little frustrated just because we felt like we should have gotten the result, especially at home. But, I mean, you, you have to just leave it in the past. Like, we do have two more games this week. So, I think it's something you can't dwell on for too long. So, yeah. How do you manage that? Because you have Alabama coming in Thursday mm-hmm. uh, out of the SEC and then Northridge, right, on Saturday? Yep. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, quick turnaround, 
three games in a week is kind of a lot, but, you know, we just got to keep the ball rolling. We don't have, I mean, obviously learn things from the previous games, but don't dwell on them for too long, you know. So this, I think, just moving forward, just really going to focus on putting shots away early, getting our shots on frame, and, you know, if we do that, we should be we should be fine. Well, new rankings come out later today, so we don't know. Currently, Alabama is not ranked. Maybe they jump mm -hmm. in. I talked to Brent Anderson, your assistant head coach, mm -hmm. yesterday, and he said Alabama's better than Colorado. Yeah. So, Olivia, do you want Bama? We do want Bama. We do. So we're excited. We we do want Bama. You know who doesn't? Utah State in football this week. That's <laughs> that's a tough one. It's gonna be a bloodbath. <laughs> yeah. That's a 42-point line. Holy yeah. shit. Olivia, congratulations Thank on you. uh, your successes in your new role as that you know that sneaky six position, <laughs> defensive. I mean, you got to yeah. do everything. You got to be yeah. all. You have to play all over the field. I do. It's it's great. I love it. So we're gonna give you some BYU awesome. Sports Nation karma so that Thank you can you. dominate all over the field. Because you want Bama. We do. You go get Bama. Thank you. <laughs> you right. go get Bama. <laughs> we will. Thanks, Olivia. Thank you, guys. You got it. Okay, join us for the season debut of BYU football with Kalani Satake tonight at 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app as Kalani and Jaron Hall join the program as well as the debut of season four of Deep Blue with Lopina Kato in a new film room with Peyton Wilgar and Tyler Betty. And up next, the top five BYU plays against USF. It's Top 5 Tuesday. Where does this Romney to Romney play rank? This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Make sure to download the BYU TV and BYU Radio apps for the show on demand. Or download the podcast, subscribe, rate, and review. Can't wait to visit the pirate ship again in that stadium. Arr. Home of the Buccaneers. Why did Chris Berman call it the Big Sombrero? I need to look into I, that some I, more. I'm not exactly <laughs> or was sure. was that the old stadium? <laughs> Maybe it was the old stadium. That was probably the old stadium. I want some creamsicle orange in the Big Sombrero, man. Are you guys, I want to wear my Steve Young Tampa Bay jersey down there. Do you have one? I know. I oh, want to get I was gonna, one. I was going to say, if you had the creamsicle, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Yeah. For sure. Maybe they'll have it in the pro shop. <laughs> the Steve Young one? That I would absolutely, be funny. If, even if it were like 150 bucks, I absolutely would buy that. You can afford that. I would buy a stop it. BYU Sports Station is on demand, as Jaron mentioned. If you miss any of our conversation, including the interview we just had with Olivia Wade, you know where to find it. It's time for Top 5 Tuesday in preparation for BYU's matchup in the new sombrero <laughs> at USF. Let's go. The Roll sombrerito. Number 5, 2019. Jaron Hall starts quarterback. First starting black quarterback BYU history goes for 34 yards of his 86 rushing yards to set up a score on this drive. He just reads his blocks. Look at him just weave his way down the field. Nicely done by the then sophomore Jaron Hall. Oh, the, the young man, the young Jaron Hall. Now he's an old man veteran. Now he's old. The captain. Number four, let's go last year in Pro Bowl. Baylor Romney from approximately 47 yards away because that's what the stat sheet says. A bomb to Gunner. Woo! Diving catch. That would lead to the last score of the game for the Cougars. Hey, listen, Baylor and Gunner, they had a night. That brotherly connection, that was, that was one of the highlights of the season. That was really cool. Absolutely. What Gunner does is he dives and puts his uh, body out there, which is awesome, which brings us to number three. First quarter of that game, some more buddy balls. Aaron Roderick calls it when Baylor goes to Gunner. Mm -hmm. Shout out to Colonia mm -hmm. Juarez for a diving catch to get 49 yards. Oh! Not a diving okay. catch, just That's kidding. That's the touchdown. In stride for a touchdown. The Bros had five connections for 109 yards in the 35-27 win. Nicely done. Number two. Let's go back to Tampa. A young Dax Mill. Oh, Daxon, Flaxen, Waxen. Watch this one-handed grab. Woo! Number 82. 
He looks better with the single-digit number. Listen, Bulls defender <laughs> draped all around. He's wearing number 15 now for the Washington Commanders. That's an amazing grab. Dak said, I'm a little bugged because, like, I did this celebration that I was hoping would, like, see my full body, but he's like, they never really went. They just, they, they went, they, they went to, they kept at the high angle, and he's like, I had, like, this little shimmy in the end zone. So I was, <laughs> Like, he, like, prepared. Yes. Because, uh, he, remember, he had uh, a great catch against USC, and then he had this one, and people were like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? And then he had a breakout 2020. Xmas, Daxmas, Flax and Waxen. <laughs> Gotta love it. <laughs> and the top play against South Florida all-time in the all-time two, two games. 29-yard TD run by Jaron Hall in Tampa. Look at, again, him read the block and then just get up. Oh, just get around and then into mm. the end zone. That would be just a taste of what we would see two years later in 21 and what we hope to see more of in 2022. Oh, love that cutback by Jaron Hall. Those are the top five plays against USF in the two previous games. The Cougars have had against the Bulls, our question of the day. What is your biggest takeaway from the BYU football depth chart as they prepare for USF for a third time? Don Al Acey on Twitter says, the depth. That's what separates the really good teams from the herd. So many twos with experience, including starting experience. BYU can keep fresh bodies in the game without sacrificing quality production. Go Cougs. Florida win coming up. You know what? We're just going to call it our elite voice of the day, Jerem. Because the way it ended. Go yes. Cougs. Florida win coming up. Only and the second win it would be in Florida all time. And our hope is that's, that's the only win from a team from the state of Utah in the state of Florida this weekend. <laughs> Our elite voice, as always, presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Today's Rise and Shoutouts presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. couple of homies, the football captains. These are the guys who are going to lead BYU this year on a team that we feel is going to be very good. And also Jamie Shepard, three goals in the last two games as the new number 10 attacking midfielder spot. She is taking over that role quite nicely. I just wish that her second goal of the game yesterday, the second goal rather, and her third of the season was the game winner. The game we winner. thought it was going to be the game winner. Yeah. A Our thanks to today's guests, Dave McCann and Olivia Wade of BYU Women's Soccer. Sorry to Denna Pita, I believe it's pronounced. We ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Use hashtag BYUSN. You should have been sponsored by Pit, Pita Pit, right? I know, dude. Come on. For Jeremiah Spencer, shout out to Katie Fellows Hodgkiss. Tune in tonight on the BYU TV app after further U7 Eastern and Kalani Satake Show at 8.30 Eastern.